0: Friends, I've got some very, very strong words today for Christian Zionists who say, well, we'll love Israel and stand with Israel, but do not preach the gospel to Israel. And most of all, for our relationship to continue to grow and thrive, respect our faith and our covenantal relationship to the God of our fathers without trying to change who we are. Otherwise, this friendship is no friendship at all. hang, Hang on here for a second. Rabbi Willicki. you are saying that Christians cannot be Christians if they want to have a friendship with Israel. Rabbi Willicki would say, no, no, no. I'm saying you have to respect the Jews covenantal relationship with God and not share your faith with so us. Then Christians can't be Christians. You can reject the message, and Christians are going to love you anyway. You can reject the message. Look, Christian love, evangelical support for Israel for decades has not been based on, on Israelis' faith in Jesus. It's not been based on Israelis jumping through the hoops and Israelis saying, okay, we're going to believe in Jesus now. We praise God for every Israeli that comes to faith in, in Yeshua, the Messiah. That's wonderful. That's great news. We praise God for every Muslim, for every Arab, for every atheist, for every Hindu. For every, we, we praise God for every person that comes to faith in Jesus. And Christian organizations that stand with Israel are going to continue to do that, whether Israelis believe in Jesus or not. But Rabbi Walicki, Rabbi Weiss, are, are you saying that if there's to be a friendship with Christians, they're not allowed to share their faith? because professing Christians did horrible things to Jews in, in, in history past, that the fact that that is an aberration and not the real spirit of Christianity and not what the message of Jesus produces? Are, are you going to say that if Christians want to be your friends, then Jewish believers in Jesus in Israel on TV can't share their faith? That Christians in Israel can't share their faith? And that if they share their faith, that it means there's an ulterior motive to doing good and helping? Is is that what you're saying? That concern? What kind of friendship is that? I can have a friendship with you where I share my faith with you as a Jewish believer in Jesus, and you tell me why you don't believe, and you push back against me, and you say that I'm betraying my people by being a follower of Jesus, and I should be a traditional Jew. We can have a friendship, and and, and there could be a need for poor Israelis, and I'll help raise funds to meet those needs. We can do that together and have a friendship in the midst of deep differences. They're counter-missionary rabbis I, I clash with sometimes on a daily basis for e, through email and, and other means. I mean, we're going back and forth with each other, some for many years, some going on two decades. We are friends, we respect each other, and we passionately differ with each other and pray for one another to, to have eyes open to see the truth. But, but this concerns me. What is the big news about Christians wanting to share their faith with Jewish people in Israel? These dear rabbis that just referenced Rabbi Weiss, Rabbi Maliki, are you thinking that Christians were going to give that up? That, that, that followers of Jesus are going to share their faith with Jewish people? That, that we would somehow surrender one of the fundamental tenets of who we are? And, and we'd lose our burden for souls? And we would tell Messianic Jews in Israel— Israelis who who fight in in, in the army and and raise their kids to be loyal citizens tell Israeli Messianic Jews they can't share their faith? Well, this is bad enough, but it gets worse when Christian Zionists tell us not to share our faith. Here's a real shocker. Uh, Let me read this to you from a Christian Zionist, a woman who loves the Jewish people, who has been working with the Jewish people for, for many, many years, and who cares about Jewish-Christian relations, uh, Lori Cardoza Moore, she's, she, she, she reached out to Prime Minister Netanyahu to shut down God TV's channel, which is mainly Messianic Jews in Israel sharing their faith in Hebrew on TV. All right? She reached out to Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, and I've reached out to Lori unsuccessfully to dialogue privately to have her on the air. All right? I'm so thankful for the good she does. But look at what she said. Our only mandate to the Jewish people, is to love and support them because they are God's chosen people. Any attempts to convert Jews or downgrade their religion will only so unique hatred at a time when we should unite in the face of darkness. In fact, she says, by God TV enabling Israelis to share their faith in Jesus on on cable TV in Israel, that that's now siding with the anti-Semites or or giving place to the anti-Semites. Our mandate, according to the Bible is to share the gospel with the whole world, beginning in Jerusalem. Our mandate is to bring the gospel to the whole world, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For every verse I could give you as to why Christians should stand with Israel and support Israel, I could give you 10 or 100 or 1,000 as to why we should bring the good news of Jesus, the Messiah, to the Jewish people. Or, Lori, would you rather that Christians never shared the gospel with me and then I died as a drug addict as a teenager? Is is that what you'd rather or the the hundreds of thousands of Jews who believe in Jesus today who have been saved from sin and received eternal life and who now know God as Father? And we did not know him in this way through Judaism. Would you rather that we were all lost in sin, dead in sin, away from God, that Christians didn't share the gospel with us? Really? Seriously? We'll be right back.
2: Fire,
1: we please stand the fire. It's the line of fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
0: Thanks for joining us on the line of fire. This is Michael Brown on this Thursday, Jewish Thursday 866-34-TRUTH. Yes, my heart is burning. Yes, I am deeply burdened over this as a Jewish follower of Jesus for over 48 years now, as one who is indebted to Christian witnesses who shared the gospel with me, as one who may not have made it to his 18th birthday without God's intervention because of my crazy, reckless drug use. I owe my life, my soul to Christians sharing the gospel with me. It is utterly outrageous to me than any Christian leader under any circumstance, would say that the gospel should be withheld from Jewish people. If you say, well, Jews have their own covenant with God, then Jesus died in vain. Who did he come for first and foremost? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. Isn't that what's written in Matthew 10? Doesn't he say that the gospel will be preached beginning in Jerusalem in Luke 24 and in Acts 1? And, and didn't he come to fulfill what was written in Moses and the prophets? If he's not the Messiah of Israel, he's the Savior of no one. If Jewish people can be saved outside the cross, then Jesus died for nothing. Paul says in galatians 2 if righteousness could come by the law the messiah died for nothing paul says in romans 3 that no one's justified by the works of the law every mouth is shut by the law and and, and he says that god's consigned all men jew and gentile alike, to disobedience that he may have mercy on them all if the gospel is not for the jews it is for nobody of course we renounce anti-semitism of course, we renounce the, the horrors in church history where Jews were, were given the choice of baptism or death. I mean, horrors of horrors. Of course, we renounce the horrific statements of Luther that, that were used by by Hitler and, and the Nazis. Of course, we renounce all this. And of course, Christian love for Israel is unconditional. It's, it's going to be there whether Jewish people believe in Jesus or not. But don't call yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and say, oh, but we don't preach the gospel of Jews. If that's your own ministry policy, because you're, you're in Israel, not to proselytize, but to serve, to help. And again, your statement of faith says, we believe everyone needs Jesus, Jew and Gentile alike, but we're not here to proselytize. I honor that. I respect that. If there are Christian friends that I, that I know that are involved in that. Fine. But then don't turn around and tell other believers in Jesus, especially Jewish believers in the land, we don't want you sharing your faith with Jewish people. What? Friends, that's a betrayal of the cross. That's a betrayal of the gospel, and it's a betrayal of the Jewish people. Uh, My dear friend Ron Cantor wrote such a powerful response to to Lori, quotes we just uh, read out to you moments ago, that I asked him to do something I've never done before. I said, please record... Yeah, I want an audio of you reading your response to Lori. So it's, it's, it's posted at charismanews.com and elsewhere on the Size Mandate and other websites like that. But you're going to hear Ron's response to Lori. It is passionate. It is right. Let's listen together.
3: An open letter to Lori Cardoza Moore. Let me start by saying thank you for loving the Jewish people. I know that's where your statement came from, the one where you asked the Prime Minister of Israel to silence voices of the Messianic Jews within his country. But with all due respect, as a citizen of the nation of Israel, let me say to you, this is not your fight. Imagine if I wrote President Trump and I asked him to revoke your First Amendment rights because you were butting into the affairs of another nation. That is what you have done. Do you value freedom of speech just for Americans? you will say, no, I just don't want outsiders like God TV interfering. But here's what you don't know. Shilano TV is a partnership between God TV and the Messianic Jewish community in Israel. Our board is 80% Hebrew-speaking Israelis. One of our members is an Israeli Arab. I was the one who brokered the deal with Hot as a Messianic Jewish Hebrew-speaking Israeli. There was no confusion about our intentions, and I have proof. So... Without checking with your actual believing brothers and sisters, you asked the prime minister of a sovereign nation, not your own, to silence Jews and Arabs who love Yeshua. Now maybe you thought you were writing to the Ayatollahs in Iran, or the crown prince in Saudi Arabia. But you didn't. Israel is a democracy, and even those who have different opinions are free to share them. Should we tell the young Messianic Jewish artist that are now featured on Chilano TV that Lori Cardoza-Moore wants to shut them up? Should we inform the believers who record their testimonies to share with fellow Israelis that you oppose them? What gospel have you believed, Miss Cardoza-Moore? You actually unwittingly accused Israelis of being anti-Semitic when you said, quote, instead they, meaning us, have chosen to stand on the wrong side of history empowering the anti-Semites. Now, how does Israelis sharing Yeshua with Israelis empower anti-Semites? Next time, pick up the phone and get your facts straight. You wrote, our only mandate to the Jewish people is to love and support them because they are God's chosen people. Any attempts to convert Jews or downgrade their religion will only sow undue hatred at a time when we should unite in the face of darkness. First, I've never, ever asked a fellow Jew to convert. I did not myself. I discovered my Messiah in Yeshua, just like the first Jewish disciples, who also did not convert. But have you read the New Testament that says salvation has come to you, Ms. Cardoso Moore, to the Gentiles, to quote, Provoke Israel to jealousy. The gospel is to the Jew first, says Paul in Romans 1. He also said that he would be willing to go to hell for the sake of the Jewish people. He said, I speak the truth in Messiah, I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Messiah, For the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. It was the founder of Jews for Jesus, Moish Rosen, who said that the greatest form of anti-Semitism is to not share Yeshua with Jewish people. Now, I understand, as an evangelical facing 1,900 years of gruesome anti-Semitism, even murder against the Jewish people by so-called Christians, at explaining that Yeshua is the Jewish Messiah to a Jewish person, it's difficult. I get it. But don't you dare try and silence Jewish believers from reaching our own people, and that by petitioning our prime minister. Just imagine if you wrote the same letter to Iran, Don't forget, Christians killed many Muslims in the Crusades. Maybe you should reach out to the leaders of Muslim nations to apologize for seeking to reach them with the life-saving message of the Messiah. We face intense opposition here in Israel from some, not all, in the ultra-Orthodox community. A teenage boy had a bomb blow up in his face by someone opposing the gospel. It is only by a miracle that he survived. Some have had tires slashed, buildings bombed, or their faces plastered all over their city on posters that say, warning, missionary, beware. Just today, I have received vulgar hate mail. But you come to the aid of the persecutors, not the persecuted, your believing family. Here's the deal. Messianic Jews in Israel will not seek to silence you. Don't you seek to silence us. I understand that many evangelicals want to bless Israel. Thank God. Wonderful. Continue it. We, we welcome it. Israel knows that evangelicals are their best friends. But your first commitment should be to your brothers and sisters in the faith here in Israel. As Paul said in Galatians 6.10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. I'm speaking of Israeli Messianic Jews who serve in the army, the IDF, risking their lives being a witness to others in the army. How do you think they would feel to see your words rebuking them? Asking our Prime Minister to take away their basic human rights of freedom of speech and expression is horrendous and shameful. I call on you and every other evangelical to ask yourself, whose side are you on? Can you love Israel and be true to the gospel, or do you have to sacrifice the commands of Yeshua that implore us to share his message? I say no. I think it's possible to both love your elder brother, the Jewish people, and in a tasteful way, be honest about your faith. But your actions are tyrannical in calling on the Prime Minister to silence his citizens. I call on you to revoke your request to the Prime Minister and apologize to your Messianic brothers and sisters here in the Holy Land. Normally, I would have approached you privately, but did you grant us that courtesy before your outrageous actions? If you had armed with the truth, you probably would have thought twice.
0: That was the voice of my friend, Ron Cantor in the words of Ron Cantor. And I felt it was important you hear it from someone living in Israel whose daughter served in the Israeli army whose wife is a native-born Israeli, someone who is completely tied in with the life of the people there and was the one that was a liaison to the hot uh, TV network to get Shalano on the air to hear directly from him. And, And let me ask this. To the rabbis that are working with Christian Zionists, to the Jewish community in Israel working with Christian Zionists, it is because of Jesus that these people love Israel. It is because of Jesus that they have a heart for the Jewish people. Look, I know of former Muslim terrorists who are now great lovers and supporters of the Jewish people because Jesus changed their their lives. And when he did, they they suddenly, to their shock, found themselves loving the ones they used to hate. And yet, when you say, well, this message is not good for Jews, oh, oh, it's good for the Gentiles to change them to love Israel, but we can't share it with Jewish people? Christian Zionists that have a heart for God will continue to love Israel, no matter what Israel does, because it's God's love, it's unconditional. But those who have God's full heart will welcome and support the sharing of the good news of Yeshua the Messiah, Israel's own Messiah. They will say, amen, preach it. To withhold the gospel from the Jewish people is the worst sin of all. All right. I've got a few more comments on this, and then we will get to the phones. Please share this widely. Be a team with me today and help get this broadcast out. Those watching Facebook and YouTube, when we're done, share the link with as many friends as you can. We've got to sound the alarm here, friends. This is big. This is big.
1: It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
2: This is a very dangerous situation here in the land of Israel because they want to bypass every every possible boundary to get into your home to reach your kids with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But they want to call him Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah.
0: Yeah, that is Rabbi Tovia Singer, notorious for deceptive, counter-missionary work and coming against the gospel, the good news of Yeshua. And here he is reacting to Shelanu, the new channel in Israel, where the gospel will be preached to Jews in Hebrew. First thing, as Rabbi Singer knows, when you're referring to Jesus in Hebrew, you use his Hebrew name, which is Yeshua. You don't call him Jesus. That's the English name. You don't call him Jesus. That's the Greek name. You don't call him Jesus. That's the Spanish name. You don't call him Jesu. That's the Italian name. You call him Yeshua. You don't call him Christ. You call him Mashiach. Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus the Messiah, Because that's what it means. And if you're speaking Hebrew, you don't call his mother Mary or Maria. You call his mother Miriam because that was her name. It's a Jewish book, a Jewish message written to Jewish people first and then to the rest of the world about the Messiah of Israel and the Savior of the world. And by the way, the Gospels getting in Israeli homes in Hebrew every day. There is Israeli YouTube channels and others where the message is being shared and different Christian networks where the Gospels being shared. So the, this is a typical counter-missionary fear-mongering tactic of Rabbi Singer. I've got fine relations with different counter-missionaries for years. We've interacted with integrity. I cannot say the same about Rabbi Singer. As you'll see his deceptive use of scripture in a moment. Here's another clip from Rabbi Singer seeking to sound the alarm about this new TV channel. Even those who are not completely observant don't want to stop being Jewish. They're
2: proud of their Jewish identity in some very important, very, in a fundamental sense. So what they do, and this has been very successful, is they've just marshaled a whole new dictionary. What they're doing is they're not encouraging Jews to terminate their Jewish faith. They're not using that kind of language. What they're doing is they're, they're telling Jewish people, when you accept Yeshua, the Messiah, you're not converting to another religion. Oh, no. You're becoming a Messianic Jew, a fulfilled Jew, a completed Jew. It's the most Jewish thing you could do. After all, when Jesus was a Jew. His disciples
0: were Jewish. How could it not be Jewish to believe in Jesus? You know what's interesting, though? First, there's nothing new, okay? There's is, this is nothing that just happened in terms like Messianic Jew or completed Jew or being fulfilled Jew, right? That's like the new thing that just happened the last few months, okay? But what's fascinating is that in the early church, the Jewish believers continued to live as Jews and did so for centuries to the point that as the church became more and more Gentile, the Gentile Christians questioned what well, you're still observing the Sabbath. They weren't following the traditions of the rabbis. The developing traditions of the rabbis, they weren't following those, but they were still living as Jews. Well, why wouldn't they? Why should they stop? Sabbath was a gift from God, so they're not in a legalistic way, but why change it to Sunday? I mean, they didn't. This was for centuries. And, and now, as, as a strong Messianic Jewish movement has been greatly recovered, there are many secular Jews. I, I know many of them, secular in America, that would have completely lost any sense of Jewish identity or heritage if not for coming to faith in Yeshua. All right, And and then they end up making Aliyah living in Israel, okay, immigrating there, serving there, living there, raising their kids there, raising their grandkids there, not so they can better proselytize, but because this is what they felt to do as Jews, because they recovered their Jewishness by faith in the Jewish Messiah. But here's a perfect example now of the deceptive use of, of Scripture, misquotation of Scripture by Rabbi Singer, to try to say that all these Israeli messianics, these messianic Jews in Israel who are sharing their faith in Yeshua with other Jews, they're just being deceptive. They're cloaking a Christian message in Jewish garb to trick people. Listen to what he says. Paul tells them, look, this is how you do it. To the Jew, well, here's how
2: I do it. I become as a Jew that I may gain the Jews who those who are not under the law. I come as one who's not under the law. That I, I can become all things to all men that I may gain some meaning you could be completely chameleon in order to bring people to Christ, whether in pretense or in truth, the Gospels
0: preach, Philippians one oh. eighteen. Just get them. The ends justifies the means. Well, that's not what Paul says. And when he says in Philippians 1, whether in pretense or in truth, the Gospels preached, Tovian knows what Paul was saying there. He said while he was in prison— there were some people who were preaching the message of the Messiah with ulterior motives to make it worse for Paul in prison, like this will hurt him if we're out here proclaiming this message. Others did it in sincerity, So, but either way, the message is being preached, whether in pretense or in truth. So whether people had wrong motivation or right motivation, they were getting the message out. It's like, you know, you're distributing money to the poor to make me look bad because I'm not doing it. So you don't have the right motive. I'm like, hey, I'm glad you're distributing money to the poor to help them. That's all Paul's saying there. In 1 Corinthians 9, listen to his words. For though I'm free from all, I've made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law. Though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. Well, what does he mean? Well, under the law was a certain posture and, and a certain legalism of which he spoke. And a certain taking on of traditions he didn't have to take on. But look at what he says to those outside Torah, meaning the Gentiles, verse 21, to those outside the law, like one outside the law, though not being outside God's Torah, but in Messiah's Torah, so that I might win over those outside Torah, to the weak I became weak, etc. He's talking about cultural sensitivity. He's talking about taking on traditions he did not have to take on. And when he went to those outside the law, to the Gentile world, he did not have to take on those traditions. He said, hey, I'm still under God's law in the Messiah. There is is a godly way that I live always, but there are traditions I'll take on that I don't have to to win certain people and take them off when I don't have to to win others. That's just cultural sensitivity. But he lived the way he lived with consistency, as we see in the book of Acts, as far as his, his own obedience to God and living righteously. But there's no effort for you to really seek things out and understand both issues. The, 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 the desire is, is to get you afraid and to get you to think that there are these missionaries with their deceptive tactics. Whereas here you've got people in Israel wanting to share their faith, how they live, who they are their families, their lifestyle, musicians, artists, singing their songs. We want to share this with our people. And you've got these counter-missionary rabbis and others trying to shut it down. Interestingly, I got a note from Rabbi Asher Meza. He's considered controversial by many rabbis because of his views of of conversion, his website, Torah Judaism. Uh, He sent me something that I found very interesting, and he said, I think you'll find my take interesting. So we're going to play a couple of clips from... An Orthodox Jewish rabbi, again, considered controversial by many. But here's his take on the counter-missionaries and others trying to shut down uh, this new Hebrew-speaking gospel-preaching station network in Israel. This is what Rabbi Mesa had to say.
4: Now, granted, most who watch Israeli TV are not religious Jews to begin with. So, that's actually another reason why most Israelis don't care. Which is why this is the medium that was chosen in the first place. Because the average Israeli TV watcher, who is in this case being targeted, is secular and irreligious. Actually, to date, the country is about 90% secular and irreligious. Which really begs the question that if a secular Jew is not going to embrace Torah Judaism, wouldn't it be better if he embraced some other ethical religious movement? I mean, are Jews about to say that we have more in common with atheists than we do with Bible believing Christians or, in this case, Messianic Jews? No, this is just another example on how the counter missionary world has a broken moral compass. Not to mention that if God TV was allowed to be aired in Israel, this would actually give every Muslim in Israel an alternative to radical Islam because. Are not Christian Arabs more docile than Muslim Arabs?
0: Interesting. So he's saying, look, you've got secular Israelis. Let them hear this message. Maybe they'll become more religious. In his mind, that's better than being irreligious. And he's talking about the porn and the junk that's on the air in Israel. And, you know, it's, let's, reach, let's reach as many people as we can. That's my heart. And Rabbi Meza with an interesting take on that. One more clip from Rabbi Asher Meza.
4: And you're probably thinking, Asher, aren't you a religious Jew? Why do you want to expose Israelis to another religion? Look, friends, Israel is a secular country, not a religious one. As a matter of fact, areas where the religious have been given authority in Israeli politics, they have ruined, like conversion and marriage. Now we're going to let them decide what people could watch? I mean, what if some Christian movement tried to outlaw Chabad being allowed to promote the seven laws in Congress or the United Nations? You would have hundreds of lawyers yelling that it violates the rights that that country affords them. Double standard, no? Unless you're from modern day Israel not being a democracy anymore. Again, when 90% of the Jews are not religious. Because if Israel is not a theocracy or a religious monarchy, then the only thing you're doing is endorsing the idea that the majority are ruled by the opinions of the minority.
0: Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that fascinating? You have an Orthodox rabbi saying, go ahead, let him preach, it's a free country. And then you have Christian Zionists saying, "No, don't don't preach; that will hurt our relationships with Israel." Isn't that amazing? Well, let's let's go to the phones in Israel. Uh, Morty, welcome to the Line of Fire. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, are you there? Are you there? All right. Well, I'm hearing all kinds of sounds, but I'm not hearing Morty. So, Howard, let's see what happened uh let's go to charlotte north carolina hassan welcome to the line of fire
5: hey how you doing dr brown
0: doing very well thank you
5: hey i i I was calling because um i got a friend that i've been uh, a jewish friend that i've been uh sharing the gospel with you know scriptures isaiah 53 and just different things throughout the past couple of years maybe about four to five years um and last night out of nowhere sent me an article on my Facebook Messenger. Um, it says, is COVID, COVID-19 and the Messiah. And it's written by a lady named uh, Sarah Yo- Yo-Havad And, you know, he said he just thought about me when he read it. And uh, the article doesn't necessarily speak about Yeshua. It just speaks more so about the Jewish people awaiting their Messiah to come. So I just want to yeah. you know, is there any way that you would recommend to you know, maybe use this, being that he opened up the dialogue again. Yeah, abs- to, absolutely.
0: Absolutely, Hassan. Yeah. Uh, I'm just jumping in because I have a break coming up. Yeah, there was a lot of talk because so many were getting sick in the ultra-Orthodox community that the Messiah must be near. And then the health minister in Israel, who himself is an Orthodox Jew, said Messiah will be here with a cure before Passover. That's our hope. Uh, so it is a ripe time. It is an absolutely ripe time to say, hey, Messiah already come. He's already taken our sickness, our pain, our sin the disease of our souls above all, and we don't have to wait for him to come. We can already have the ultimate cure, which is the cure of sin and eternal life. It is a great opportunity, and many are using this to say, hey, you were hoping, expecting there's failure yet again, yet again, but not with Messiah, he'll never fail. Yeah, by all means, use it as an open door. Thank you, Hassan.
1: It's the Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
6: Welcome to
0: Thursday. I'm looking at a quote by one of our Facebook viewers. Uh, Mikhail Ben Eliyahu, I'm a Jewish Zionist that believes in Jesus. I have no interest in converting Orthodox Jews, especially when they're persecuted by Christians. The message of Jesus seems genocidal. Well, of course, it's not, but more evils toward us Jews have been per- perpetrated by Christians. Um, Mikhail, w- with, with all respect, and, and, and as one who has exposed uh, the history of Christian anti-Semitism to a large evangelical audience for decades now— uh, Orthodox Jews need Yeshua. Orthodox Jews without Yeshua are as lost as, as anyone else. They may be so near in so many ways, but yet so far. And I'm sure God's heart is burdened. Paul's heart would have broken probably first and foremost for religious Jews in his day, like him before his, his uh, encounter with the Messiah, uh, for them to come to know the Lord. And, and yes, some Christians in history have committed atrocities against Jews, but as you travel around the world and, and meet true born-again Christians, true Christians that really love the Lord, almost universally, uh, overwhelmingly, they, they have a heart of love for Israel. And, and there's been great history of, of love for, for Israel and support for Israel. Yes, there have been atrocities committed, but, but even if you think that the first violence was, was Jews, like, like Saul of Tarsus, Paul, killing Jews who didn't believe in the Messiah. And in Israel right now, it's the religious Jews persecuting the Messianic Jews. Religious Jews in Israel are not getting persecuted by Christians. They're not. They're getting supported and helped by Christians. It's the Messianic Jews that are being persecuted, and often by religious Jews. So I would really encourage you to rethink your attitude there. All right, uh, let's try to uh, go back to Israel. Marty, welcome to the line of fire. Are hey, you there? Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can. Yes, I am here. Okay.
6: So it's not Mordi, it's Mordi, but Mordi is also Mordechai. So okay. dehydrated.
0: okay, all right, got it. Yes, sir.
6: Yeah. So first, of, so I don't know how much time I have, so I try to make it short. And but I, my English is not so good, so if I get stuck and I say something in Hebrew, you can try to translate it.
0: Okay. And so, Mister Go ahead. Ah, uh, yeah.
6: So basically, I grew up in a in a family. In Israel, and I'm in my late uh, twenties, but as long as I can remember myself, I never get get, get along with being
0: a charedi Jew. Okay, and just to explain, so so he was alone. raised, yeah. Uh, 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 so he he was raised in an ultra orthodox home, an ultra religious Jewish home in Israel, charedi home. That's what he's saying. Okay, uh, please go ahead, Monty.
6: Yeah, and you know, you probably know that you know in uh, Haredi families, in, in ultra-Orthodox Judaism, it's more like punishment and reward. Like you know, God wants you to do something and not do something, and if you do what He wants you to do, you go to heaven. If you don't do what He doesn't want you to do, you go to hell. And it's that simple. So it didn't work for me because a lot of time when I needed something, I needed God, I needed His help. He he wasn't really there, like in my in my view, because I I was trying to be a good Jew, and I try to c- comply with you know with Mr. Uh, vote and everything, but I, I never managed to do it. I never managed to, to get his help. And mm. So when I was growing up, as my in my teen years, I was dropping to drugs and gambling and alcohol, and really when I was like. I was really, really addicted, and I started to look for answers. So, believe it or not, one of the scariest things for me was to open up for another religion, another uh, view on Judaism, and
5: mm-hmm.
6: way, way after I, I was doing a lot of uh, forbidden things, like in Judaism, I never got the courage to open the New Testament, you know, because... As a, as an of Jews, they told me that, you know, Yeshua was this Jewish guy who will, who was a mom there Because, you know, Yosef, the father of Yeshua, who, uh, wasn't in his home, and when he came back, he saw his wife, Mary, pregnant. Yep. And when he asked her, how, how did you get pregnant? She said, you know, that Ruch Kodesh was in pregnancy. So he
5: mm-hmm.
6: was, this is what I've been told. He was uh, a mom there. and
5: yeah I've been
6: told that when he grew up, Everybody was ridiculous,
3: uh,
6: uh, laughing at him, you know, saying, you, you know, uh, you are a man there, you are not a Jew, yep. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, he went to the desert, and and again, this is what I've been told, you know. And he went to the desert, and Satan, the Satan, taught him witchcraft. Yep. And when he came back, he performed witchcraft, and a lot of Jews believe that he's the Messiah. This is what I've been told. And as, ma- as much of the other thing I I've been taught, I knew it, it's not right, you know. And one day I, I was really, really down. I really, really was in a bad place, you know. I was gambling. I lost a lot of money. I was an alcoholic, basically. And I started looking for an answers. So I did open the New Testament on the Internet. And uh, first of all, I, the first one I opened was in modern Hebrew, so it wasn't that good. I managed to open one in, like, Asian Hebrew, in, like, biblical Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And my first impression was, you know, I was, I was uh, somebody uh, making fun, make fun of me, because this New Testament is broken. Where is all the, uh, witchcraft Where is all the... Uh, the all the bad cinema, stuff you know? heard
0: about. Yeah, yeah.
6: Yeah, well, what's going on? He's just a good guy. You got me. I mean, rabbi, you know, he was a Jew, he's rabbi. And all, all what he was just saying is, you know, all the things that the, the, the other prophet was saying, God doesn't care if you wait six hours between meat and dairy. God doesn't really care if you eat this or not mm-hmm. God wants you to be a good boy at people, you know. And God he was saying, you know, when when the Jews was come to the Tzbat the, mikdash and they were, how do you say, chalfanim, changers. They were changing my money, yeah, money changes in, in the
0: temple yeah
6: so and now when Jesus came I say what are you doing this is the temple this is the house of God so yeah
0: so modi so what, what long what's, long what's long happened yeah I what's did. happened to you yeah
6: so I did start uh, I, I wasn't in, uh, in connection with some Messianic uh, Jews as well and but uh, this was a long time ago and ever since since then I stopped. I stopped, because, you know, religion is not so much part of my life now, and believe it or not, I, be- I heard that, you know, that Jesus helped you get clean, but for me, just when I became so-called atheist, I became clean, you know, I stopped using drugs, I stopped gambling and everything, so, basically, my question is, again, I, I do accept that Yeshua was a good guy, I don't believe that he's a Messiah, because I'm not much of a believer anyhow, but... Specifically, I don't believe he is a Messiah. I do believe he is a good guy, but my question is, and you talk about it today, and you have, I know you have a book. Uh, our our hand is stained with blood.
0: Yeah.
6: But it doesn't translate to Hebrew, so I cannot read it. But I guess you're talking about the history of the Church of Christianity and the treatment that he gives to the Jews. And so my question is, how can you accept me as a Jew and any Jew to accept Yeshua? Even if we ignore the history of, you know, the people who believe in Yeshua, even today, most of the people who believe in Yeshua, you know, I
0: don't know if most, but a lot of people who believe in Yeshua are anti-Semitic, you know? Yeah, so mostly, yeah, let me, yeah, tell you what, two things. When we're done, if you like, uh, Howard, who who brought you on the air, we'll get your email address just privately, and then... um, we we can interact and 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 with a colleague in, in Hebrew as well. But a few things, uh, I've I've preached uh, outside of the United States more than two hundred visits to many nations around the world, and in country after country, in in, in India, and South Korea, and and Nigeria, and Kenya, and Mexico, and sweet, just around the world, I have been overwhelmed by Christian love. For Israel and the Jewish people, and when I tell them about anti-Semitism in church history, they're shocked. They have no idea. They said, "It's not possible." Like one Iranian Christian said to me, "You cannot love Jesus and hate the Jews." So this has been uh, uh, th- th- this has been an exception to the rule. This is this has been when the church departed from its Jewish roots. It's forgot that Yeshua was the Jewish Messiah, it forgot that all the that the apostles, were Jews. Yes. When it forgot that, that's when it became anti-Semitic. And you can trace it in history, and even in the New Testament, Paul warns about that. And when you realize that the Messiah has been misunderstood and, and rejected, right? And, and it says in Isaiah 53, yep. <laughs> So he was suffering for us. We thought he was suffering for his sins. He's always been rejected. He's always been misunderstood, sometimes by the church, sometimes by the Jewish community. But the fact that you're still listening and the fact that you're still asking questions means that I believe God's still working in your life and that God has a greater purpose, not religion but, but a real kesher, a real connection, real dvikut, real union and intimacy with God, and that you're still on a journey, and that you're going to come into something where you understand how wonderful and amazing Yeshua is, and you'll also be shocked at how many Christians around the world really do stand with Israel and love Israel. Oh, the anti-Semites are still there, but, but that, is, that is an ugly, ugly, ugly exception to the real heart of of the message of the New Testament. So, Modi, if you'll give Howard your email address, this is private, not to give out to anyone else, uh, I want to be directly in contact with you and see if we can just help you come to a place, not of being religious, but of knowing God and having shalom, shalom within you in a way you never have before. Hey, thank you for the call. And friends, let's pray for our friend Modi.